Alright. Welcome to Strong Calm Podcast with Aaron Dunn. My name is Aaron Dunn. And this is where you come to strong your calm. C-O-M. That is the root word for together or in common. And I use that root word as a springboard to talk about subjects I'm very passionate about. Uh, Those include communication, community building, and how those two things build stronger companies. Whether that's the company that you're building, like a business, or the company that you keep today. The podcast is all about working through mass unemployment, and I've got an excellent interview with uh, Blake Mosier. He is a recruiter in healthcare and oil and gas, has recruiting experience, getting people uh, the jobs and careers that they want, and getting employers, the people that they want, all at the same time. He has many years of experience doing that, so uh, definitely stay tuned for that conversation but first I do want to just share my heart share my perspective on you know what's happening now and all that kind of stuff before we jump in so if you don't care about what I have to say I don't know why you're tuning into this podcast other than you're interested in what Blake has to say so be sure to fast forward uh, until you hear him talking and then uh, that conversation will be in your ears but otherwise if you do care about what I have to say then I I appreciate you, and here we go. Um, yeah, so working through mass unemployment. Um, I felt it was important to get a podcast out. It's been too long that I've been able to speak with you for a variety of reasons. My wife and I have been moving, um, so that's definitely uh, clouded up the schedule. But then also, oh yeah, coronavirus has also been a, uh, a an event that has disrupted everybody's schedule in one way or another and looks to continue to. Um, my conversation with Blake, he informed me that it's day 33. I'm not keeping track of the days necessarily. Uh, I just know that we still can't go anywhere. And uh, some of our favorite restaurants are still closed, unfortunately. But there is, uh, I, I definitely wanted to encourage and enrich and empower you to get stronger during this time because even though that there's this mass confusion, mass uh, unemployment, um, there's also mass opportunity for you to take yourself and your family and your situation from a place of, of weakness to a place of strength. Even if that weakness was foisted upon us, foisted upon us, forced upon us. On us. Um, there's still strength that we can muster up in this time. So, uh, you know, we started this year, it's 2020, it's a new decade with, a, you know, just so much optimism. And, uh, you know, it's not only a new year, it's a new decade. And it's definitely a new decade. You wanted the new decade, you got it. Uh, coronavirus has been a shock to the world, our economy. Um, right now, 16.8 million people or also 11% of the nation is unemployed. 16.8 million people, that's 11% of our nation is unemployed right now nationwide. Um, 760,000 is the amount that is specifically impacted in Texas. So, uh, 760,000 is the amount specifically um, in Texas, and that's just a, a lot of people. Um, and, you know, 
it's impacted my salary. It's impacted my wife's job. It's impacted uh, the jobs of my friends and family members. Their work has stalled or stopped or furloughed or uh, what have you. Thousands of my uh, friends and connections who I work with every day in restaurant and uh, thousands of my friends who, who I've worked with um, in different industries have been negatively impacted. Restaurants and automotive sales, uh, marketing and advertising, my industry specifically has been hit in a, in a pretty significant way as businesses reevaluate pretty much everything that they're doing right now. Um, and that's just and that's just the reality of the situation. I feel it's valuable to get the appropriate context for this, for this episode. Um, but all in all, this is a wake-up call for everybody. Um, it is a realization for what is truly important in our lives. And it is an awakening to how much control that we truly have. And what I'm, what I'm experiencing is that we don't have a lot. You know, if you if you know you're uh, dependent on a paycheck, which millions of people are, and there's nothing wrong with that, uh, you're dependent on that that employer doing the right things in their business. You're in you're dependent on whether that 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 job is deemed essential or not. Um, we are dependent on our government. We are dependent on so many things. Um, these are these are things that uh, we don't necessarily have control of whether we can go somewhere or uh, can't Um, and you know it's a good thing uh, in some respects because it can keep us healthy and secure but it's also a bad thing it can be a frustrating thing because uh, we all want to have some semblance of control in our life and when we don't have that control we are sometimes left to we just don't know what to do um, and can fall into you know um, bad habits or bad situations or what have you so um, today I want to encourage and enrich and empower you with new ways to get in control if it's if it's not necessarily you know uh, get you uh, you can't listen to this podcast necessarily and uh, be a magic switch uh, overnight but hopefully um, what I say in this episode and what you hear from not only me but uh, Blake you get to uh, pick up some tools and some resources resources that can equip you to start again, to start stronger, to get from a place of weakness to a place of strength and, you know, start to view this in a different way that this is not that you you can perhaps uh, come out of this with a stronger mindset and a lens uh, in front of your eyeballs and your ears and your mouth of opportunity and what is possible instead of what is happening to you. Um, we can come out of this with a proactive uh, response instead of a reactive response. So um, it is that response that will shape your next 10 years. Uh, it is the response that we have. We can't control what happens to us all the time, but we can control how we respond. And that response is what will shape our next 10 years. So what I'm doing now, I'm limiting social media accounts to 30 minutes per app per day. I've done that on my uh, cell phone. So uh, with the exception of weekends, um, you know, sometimes I'm spending more time than others, but um, I've definitely created that rule for myself just so I can get the noise out of 
my feed, out of my mind, out of uh, my eyeballs. You know, the, 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 the death counts are going to go up. The infection counts are going to go up. They're going to keep going up. Um, and, you know, I don't need to be reminded of that every day. Um, it's just noise that, and, and, and the way people are reacting to it and that kind of stuff. Um, it's really important to take inventory of the information that you are consuming to ensure that it doesn't pollute your mind so that your mind is pure in that it can and and with that purity of mind that that conscious of mind you can act accordingly and act without that pollution smogging up your uh your brain cells i'm not drinking i'm waking up earlier i'm doing around two hours of education or skill training a day and i'm working out around three times a week and these are things that you know are just healthy in in general but now it's kind of a non-negotiable deal and these are just the disciplines that i've put in place i'm not saying you have to do it but i'm saying that it has helped me have a healthier uh understanding and mindset moving forward through this new territory and so i'm sharing with you what is helping me and that's all i can do at the end of the day speaking from experience um so that's those are the things that i can kind of control immediately um and the beautiful thing is coronavirus uh, and its impact won't be like this forever. Our nation will get back to work, will be somewhat normal again, even though all of this will tune, it, 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 the, the, the media and all the information that we receive will, 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 will come from this is happening to this has happened, now what? Um, I'm trying to encourage you to get into this has happened, now what? Now. Um, because it's an important thing to do so you can position yourself in the best way possible to get on the other side in a better place than you were before from weakness to strength. Um, so, uh, the subject of this episode is working through mass unemployment. Um, it, and, and, and really the crux of it is it's not just a good idea to be good at your job anymore. It's not just a good idea. It is actually imperative to be irreplaceable at your job at this time because apparently um, because as we found out 11 percent of the workforce has lost their job currently so there are some that some people that do have their job and they are deemed irreplaceable and there's some that are on hold because of just the nature of the, the business you're going to have people who are in different stages of that irreplaceableness um, but everybody's impacted um, what I've been trying to do for such a long time with uh, you know personal uh, branding things like that is position myself into that uh, what Seth Godin calls uh, a linchpin of an organization the person that is irreplaceable the one the last one that uh, anybody wants to see leave I've definitely worked and developed skills to try and become that person and I continue to do that and part of that work has led me to encouraging others to do that and helping uh, you do that um, best way that I know how um, it is imperative to be irreplaceable at this time um, it's not just to be it's not just a good idea to be someone who can be counted on um, it's it's now up to people are looking for leaders and you have that capacity to be a leader at this moment um, but the reality is some employers have are having to make some hard decisions to let go of good people um, others are letting go of the weakest links others are out of business entirely um, I'm looking at this and I'm thinking about how I can help 
others as a leader and exemplify the ideas that I'm espousing to learn, to continue to serve, to seek opportunities, to exchange value and be a resource in the marketplace instead of a, um, you know, a hole in the ground, for example. So, um, one example of me doing this, I'm offering resume reviews for free. So if you send me an email, Aaron at strongmy.com, I will take a look at your resume, give you constructive feedback of you know what uh, what I perceive you could do based on whatever you tell me your career goals are, uh, that you could make some changes uh, so you can catch the attention and uh, that that you want, and hopefully get the job and career that you want in this um, opportunity. Um, or I'll rewrite it for you. Uh, right now, for 25 bucks, I'm gonna increase the price uh, soon, uh, just because it's uh, becoming a very valuable asset right now. And um, right now I'm doing this on the weekends and in off time, of which I don't have very much. So uh, if you wanna get in, um, look in the description of this podcast episode. Uh, you can also just go to strongmy.com. You'll see Strong Your Resume as a service that I'm offering. Uh, so you can uh, schedule a call with me and we can get started on that. Um, I want to use my experience as a writer, sales professional, marketing professional to position you to get back into the workforce uh, faster and then hopefully uh, as a leader uh, where you can really excel on the other side of this. Um, if you are dependent on a job, it's important to remember the opportunity we have to be financially independent. Um, I'm trying to exemplify that, something that I've worked on for a long time. I'm not saying that everybody has to be the side hustler, the entrepreneur, or what have you, but I think it is time to reevaluate how you generate value in the marketplace and how um, it is possible for you to do that without somebody else handing you a check every month and telling you these are your responsibilities. Um, I take it as a, uh, my perspective is, you know, it's my responsibility to be successful so that other people can have uh, more, you know, uh, be of service to others. You know, we talk about strong communication, strong community. You can have a, the only way to have strong community is to serve others. And, you know, I'm giving up my time, my talents, my energy to exchange with that community. So I can hopefully strengthen the community as a whole. Sometimes that's in um, in the context of services. So this is a, a valuable time. And Blake and I, uh, Blake mentions this later in this episode about you know taking inventory of what your skills are, what you can produce, what you what your value set is that you can input into the marketplace. So I just that's just an encouragement. Um, and lastly, before I get into the interview, I want to share some things uh, with you that you can do during quarantine and some advice from a book that I am reading again, because maybe you're saying, well, that's all great, Aaron. I, you know, I don't have, a, I'm not a writer. I'm not a salesperson. I'm not a marketing professional like you are that you can just do all this stuff. Well, one thing is I started 
learning about being a writer, a salesperson, and a marketing professional seven years ago. Um, and now you're seeing the fruits of that and what I continue to do um, over time. So I'm saying like, if you haven't started yet, now is the time that you can start. And it is a beautiful thing because the world is resetting. So everybody's in a different footing, of course, but you're still on the ground floor of something that is absolutely significantly impacting our world and you can be on the other side of it stronger than you were. So the way that I've done it before, I've shared some of this, but um, if you don't have a job, I would encourage you to, of course, you know, take care of yourself, take care of your family, but also uh, now is the time to skill up for 2030. So think long-term, think less of the next three or four months. Think about who the person you want to be on the other side. And there's ways that you can learn and skill up for the next decade um, that are free or at very, very, very low cost. Okay. For the price of your Netflix subscription, you can get a very, very impactful course on something that you're interested in doing and providing for somebody else. So YouTube, uh, Udemy.com, Masterclass, Teachable. These are all different places, marketplaces for uh, individuals to learn and grow, not just purely for entertainment, but you can learn new skills and grow in this time um, where you might have more time uh, than you know what to do with. So slot some hours into learning and personal development because you will be stronger on the other side when you do this and it can set you up for success for the next decade. So set yourself up. Uh, also, grocery stores are hiring. You can do restaurant delivery. Facebook Marketplace is a place where I've sold a whole bunch of stuff. When Chelsea and I were moving, uh, we sold so much stuff that we didn't need anymore. So that's another opportunity for you if you need income. Uh, also, LinkedIn is a very important resource right now. Uh, highly encourage you to jump on that platform if you have yet to do so. Um, absolutely um, valuable tool for professional networking. And it's a great way for you to not only take your resume to the next level, to take your personal brand to the next level. So you can get, uh, you know, movement on the career that you want to have in this uh, time. Um, I personally have gotten a job offer recently um, and I'm not going to take it, but I'm just saying that it's out there. It's out there if you're out there. So get out there. Um, so to close my little portion before we get into the interview with Blake, um, here is my advice from Think or Grow Rich, a book that I'm reading, Think or Grow Rich. Napoleon Hill, uh, timeless classic. Um, here's from uh, Organized Planning, the chapter, how to get the exact position you desire. So uh, here are seven steps to get the exact position that you desire from Napoleon Hill. I think it's excellent advice to keep in mind. I'll close with that and then and then you know enjoy the uh, enjoy this podcast with uh, Blake Moser, this conversation that I have with him. Remember strongmy.com slash strong dash your dash resume if you want my help on strengthening your resume at this time. So anyway Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill, How to Get Exact Position Your Desire. First, decide exactly what kind of job you want. If the job isn't doesn't already exist, perhaps you can create it. 
Second, choose the company or individual for whom you wish to work. Third, study your prospective employer as to policies, personnel, and chances of advancement. Fourth, by analysis of yourself, your talents, and capabilities, figure out what you can offer and plan ways and means of giving advantages, services, developments, and ideas that you believe you can successfully deliver. Fifth, forget about a job. Forget whether or not there is an opening. Forget the usual routine of, have you got a job for me? Concentrate on what you can give. Sixth, once you have your plan in mind, arrange with an experienced writer to put it on paper in neat form and in full detail. Well, I'll be. Uh, And seventh, present it to the proper person with authority and he will do the rest or she will do the rest. Every company is looking for men and women who can give something of value, whether it be ideas, services, or connections. Every company has room for the man or woman who has a definite plan of action, which is to the advantage of that company. Napoleon Hill. All right, and that's that's it. Strong, calm podcast. Thank you for listening, subscribing, and sharing with your friends. Um, y'all be safe out there. We'll talk to you soon. Blake. Thank you so much for joining me on the Strong Calm podcast. This is a special coronavirus edition. Um, Aaron, <laughs> Strong Calm, <laughs> a special edition. Exactly. I'm calling this one Working Through Mass Unemployment is what I am uh, calling this. And uh, I wanted to get you on as a special correspondent considering your experience. So I'm going to give the LinkedIn version of your bio and then give you the opportunity to kind of fill in any kind of gaps if there are. Sounds great. So Blake has helped organizations in healthcare maintain and expand patient care through the recruitment of key team members, including leadership, clinical and support roles. Thousands of patients per day are treated from the efforts of Blake Mosier. Um, He does that through medicalrecruiting.com the destination for medical recruiting. Uh, Medicalrecruiting.com delivers patient care by pairing qualified professionals with patient-centered employers. And they serve the organizations in healthcare as physician recruiters, physician assistant recruiters, nurse practitioner recruiters, nurse recruiters, sales recruiters, healthcare administration recruiters, and healthcare executive recruiters. That's called keyword (laughs) stuffing. That's what that's called. Keyword stuffing. So, so Blake, uh, for those that don't know, how would you introduce yourself outside of those two little paragraphs? Sure. So pretty much my my career uh, has been starting in sales and then recruiting. And recruiting's focused on uh, two parts, helping employers hire qualified people and helping people find jobs and advance their careers. Uh, that's what it boils down to. And so I happen to focus on healthcare. I've had exposure in many different industries, uh, many different job titles, but healthcare is my bread and butter and where I focus on helping people advance their careers. Uh, Uh, So that's it, man. And uh, talking about mass layoffs, uh, nobody's immune through this. Uh, This is unprecedented times. It's a pandemic. Uh, It's impacting everybody, uh, businesses, business owners, as well as their employees. We can talk about uh, how that's impacting them on layoffs now and how it might impact on mass hiring uh, coming up soon. That's possible as well. Yes, yes. Uh, definitely want to dive into all that. So, but first, um, 
what's happening within healthcare? You have a unique uh, perspective on that, given your you know positioning within the industry. So I'd be curious to know, and I think a lot of people would be curious to know what's happening within healthcare from your view as a healthcare recruiter. Right, right. Uh, that's a great question. Um, I do have some insight uh, talking with healthcare providers across the U.S. Uh, in fact, from the various groups that I manage with healthcare providers early on. Uh, middle of February, I sent out messages asking them uh, what they thought about COVID-19 and had it started impacting them. And I was getting really mixed signals at that point, even from the healthcare community. Uh, some said, this is absolutely serious. You've got to take it serious. Um, we're seeing cases come in. And then others said, oh, no, this is, this is just another flu. And we're going to get past this. We, we don't need to stress about it. And I think one of the best responses early on that I got was uh, people are dying from this and when you have a loved one who dies from this then it matters and so when it is a first degree connection of yours that is being impacted by COVID-19 it doesn't matter pandemic or not it impacts you um, now we're two months into it from those early signals that I got from the healthcare community. And I can say that it is serious. Um, the way it's serious, I, I have a sister-in-law right now that is a nurse that left her position in Fort Worth to go on a 21-day assignment in New York City treating COVID patients. Wow. She's there right now. Um, Easter morning today, she's uh, taking a bus across the bridge singing Amazing Grace as they head into literally the, the battlefield. She's scared yeah. to death. And I can say the reports from New York, it is incredibly serious. Uh, there are hundreds, literally hundreds of patients dying a day. Uh, the, they simply don't have the tools and the resources to care for everyone that is coming in suffering from this. And um, it is not just elderly patients. It's people in their 20s, 30s, uh, 40s, 50s, you name it. Um, and it's not just the sick. It's people that are healthy. And so uh, I think that w what I've gotten feedback from, say, like Cody Boyd, my friend that's a CEO, he, he has a lot of conversations even with uh, state senators as to how Texas is impacted. Um, people are going to feel the impact more in heavily populated areas versus more rural areas just because of human contact, which mm -hmm. just simply communicates why it's so important to quarantine and uh, give, give yourself that social distancing is because that really is going to flatten the curve. Um, I have mixed perspectives on what might happen beyond flattening flattening this curve initially, uh, but I can tell you that uh, for the survival of patients coming into the hospital, you're going to need access to resources and amenities that if we overburden the healthcare system, like is what's happening in New York, it's really overburdening the healthcare system. So many people are dying that they don't even know where to put the bodies. That's how serious mm -hmm. it is. Uh, so yesterday I saw uh, Trump declared uh, Wyoming as a um, d disaster state. Now all 50 states have been claimed as disaster zones. Um, we have felt that in Texas for now, 
Uh, today is number 33 for us in quarantine. Um, we've, my family has been in quarantine for 33 days. Uh, so if you have been impacted as non-essential or even essential, then you already know it's impacting you economically. It's already impacting the businesses that you work with. Uh, you may have been furloughed or laid off. Um, and there are certainly uh, resources you need to pursue right now to take care of you and your family first and foremost. And so some of the things that I would say is that if you've been furloughed or laid off and you haven't already applied for unemployment, you need to do so. You need to because they have reduced the waiting period. There's extra money paid out per week. Uh, and so don't delay, don't wait to get rehired. Um, other advice I have is that don't just wait to get rehired. Go out and look for a job, create a job, start a small business. Uh, there are definitely resource, be, be resourceful during this time for you and your family because we don't have an end in sight. Uh, there is encouragement. There, there is talk of going back to work. But until we're there, we don't know when it's going to happen. So don't wait. Be proactive. I think that's excellent advice and just really illuminating insight. I, I definitely didn't know how to um, process COVID-19 until it really started to having a direct impact on my friends and family, those second, first degree connections, especially. And now that it's here, it's like, man, this is, you know, I, I, I count myself blessed uh, to continue to be able to go into work because I'm in a, an essential business, but it's also a, a really eye-opening thing of like, if this happened 10 years ago, I don't know, I wouldn't have a clue what to do. Right. So, um, because I'd be in such a different stage in my career. Um, so I really appreciate that insight that on the, on the conversation around and within healthcare, um, as far as the job market is concerned, what are your, what are your insights there, uh, specifically just the job market in healthcare right now? And what do you see happening as this thing flattens out and, and changes through the end of 2020? Sure, sure. So um, that's a multifaceted question and answering it uh, the, the way I know how to best is healthcare. Um, just a few weeks ago, the most in-demand medical specialties were medical specialties like medical aesthetics, um, orthopedics. Uh, those now have been furloughed because they are doing elective procedures. They're doing cash paid procedures. Um, they can't even do elective surgeries right now. So I have orthopedic physician assistants looking for jobs in another realm because they're not doing elective surgeries right now wow, and yeah. nobody's getting botox right now so aesthetic healthcare has come to a screeching halt um, what is hiring is those roles that are directly impacted by COVID-19. And they're really looking at it from a short-term standpoint. You're talking 21-day assignments, month-long assignments. Um, these roles are going to be mainly hospital-based, uh, so pulmonary critical care to fill in the ICU. Um, those are the roles they're hiring. You're, you're looking emergency medicine, critical care, cardiology, nephrology. These subspecialists that focus on certain organs are in high demand because uh, COVID-19 um, 
it, it impacts different people in different ways. But one of the ways that it impacts your system is your system goes into shock and it starts really destroying not just the lungs, but your, your heart and your liver, your kidneys. And so there are specialists, uh, neurologists even, that are being pulled in because of uh, the impact it has on your various organs. Uh, so the healthcare community has shifted largely from we want to hire people permanently in these specialized roles um, to now we need to hire acutely for temporary roles uh, to uh, address this healthcare crisis that we're in. So that's healthcare. Mm-hmm. Um, are you, just real quick, are, are you seeing, are you seeing movement from position uh, people that are in these permanent positions that even if they're not furloughed, they're raising their hand, they're saying, you know what, I've got some experience. Let me see if I can, um, you know, take an assignment uh, yes. during this unprecedented time. Yes. Um, Especially nurses, um, not necessarily, I haven't seen it with physicians because they're pretty much locked into one medical specialty. Um, I'm sure that's happening with medical specialties like internal medicine where there is kind of a broad reach. Uh, But nurse practitioners, physician assistants, and nurses are leaving whatever roles that they were in to uh, be able to address this if they can. I have had feedback from nurses firsthand, uh, such as my sister-in-law and another friend that's a nurse that's thinking about going, and um, they are in such need right now. They are hiring them and really pushing them to the realm of their experience. Uh, Mm. So me as a healthcare recruiter, a lot of times the employer is saying, we need the specific skill set to deliver the best care possible. Uh, Now it is, we just need people. Come, come up here and help. Uh, we, we don't necessarily care what your experience is. We'll take what experience you have and push it to the limits, uh, which can be a good opportunity for those that really want to experience that. But it's also overwhelming uh, because you are going to be pushed to your breaking point. You're not just your qualified healthcare limits, but your emotional limits. And people mm. are going there and feeling unequipped to help and you're stuck and you can't do anything about it and people are literally dying in front of you and you can't do anything about it. So that's the extreme side of that. Uh, so healthcare, they really are, they're, they're, they're heroes, uh, they're stepping up and it's not just the healthcare providers. It's, I think the maintenance people first and foremost, uh, administrators working with, uh, the government to be able to rework their healthcare systems, changing entire, uh, floors on a hospital in order to be able to serve these patients. And that's happening, not just in New York, it's happening everywhere here in Tyler, uh, hospitals are taking entire floors of their hospital and reworking them so that they're prepared for COVID-19. They're making more rooms ICU like so that they can be prepared for these patients coming in. And we have yet to reach our peak in Texas. Uh, Texas peak is estimated to be April 22nd. And so I would say until we get to April 22nd, we won't know how quickly this will escalate and how it will impact beyond that. Uh, But that's my insight to healthcare. Oil and gas, early on, we started to see massive layoffs and shutdowns because um, I don't know about you, but uh, in my lifetime, 40 years old, 
my lifetime, this is the cheapest gas has ever been, uh, filling up a, a dollar forty a gallon. Um, I, I don't know exactly where uh, oil prices are, but I'm pretty sure the record lows. And yeah, oh yeah, oil. it's it's around twenty five dollars a barrel ish, somewhere around there. It might have increased a little bit since OPEC had a nine hour meeting that wasn't that was deemed not productive enough. Right, um, right. But yeah, it's definitely record lows. So, and just for context, you do have experience within the oil and gas sector as well in terms of recruitment. That's right, right. I, I've staffed uh, refineries, uh, turnaround jobs, expansion jobs in midstream and downstream. Uh, so I'm also familiar with oil and gas. And uh, it's, I think that oil and gas is probably the industry that's going to suffer the longest from this, uh, because not, not only do we have the pandemic that's having everybody uh, come off of jobs, but you're, you have this this really this oil price issue that happened even before the pandemic happened oh yeah yeah that it just expedited the entire the entire problem unfortunately um, there is a silver lining to all of this when we get there so i, I don't want to have yeah. a grim and dim outlook uh there is a silver lining that we can talk about um, yeah I, I wanted to kind of pivot into that of like okay so so we've got a great set of uh, context for um, especially healthcare, but these two uh, industries and everybody is, you know, we've been inundated with a lot of news about, you know, what's happening within the world. But, you know, one, one thing that I'm trying to do is focus more on what I can control and not these outside things that are, that I, I can't, you know, that's exactly so, right. So to, to narrow it down a little bit, what, uh, what can people do? I, I've got, I've got a, a two-parter, I guess it's, you know, your advice for anybody laid off or furlough, but I, I will give you the opportunity to kind of take it where you want in terms of that silver lining uh, goes, because we will get into some resume tips, interview sure. tips um, from you to, 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 for, for people thinking about getting back into the job market once it ramps up a little bit, because I do right. see opportunity there. So, um, you know, given, given that, what, uh, what's your insight on and, and your advice uh, as for, for what people can do at this time? Right. And I, I appreciate that because um, I know the first part of this conversation was focused on healthcare. We talked a little bit about oil and gas, but the second part of the conversation, I want to resonate with everybody. I want to give you some helpful tips now and that will set you up for success in the future. And so what I would say is quickly what the silver lining is right now is that the government has taken quick action to provide support for businesses and those being laid off. Uh, so being that this is a conversation about uh, becoming employed again, uh, one of the, the things that's happening is there are these PPP loans uh, that are given by the governments, the Paycheck Protection Program. That's what PPP stands for. And it is giving employers opportunities to get low interest loans uh, to be able to cover the employment cost specifically the wages and the taxes and the insurance related to employment to cover those costs for two and a half months. Uh, so um, these employers can apply for these loans, get the loan, and then if they keep people employed for the next two months, then they can turn in those expenses and they'll be forgiven. 
and it's not a loan. It becomes a grant. And so uh, yeah. the, silver, the silver lining in, in all of this is that employers have furloughed, they've laid off, um, but if they're pursuing these PPP loans, they're going to want to hire again and get productive again so that they can turn in these expenses and then have the, the, that loan forgiven because they would rather have productive employees impacting their business to create profits and jumpstart their business and have this expense forgiven. And so we're talking hundreds of billions of dollars. So $350 billion was allotted for this program program uh, initially. Um, I've seen reports as early as as recent as uh, just yesterday that um, we have had applications upwards of 200 billion worth of these loans applied for. Now, once they are funded in the next few weeks, it starts immediately for employers. The clock is ticking. They have to hire and they have to keep record for the next two months, those expenses, if they want it forgiven. Um, so the benefit for somebody looking for a job is I believe you're going to have an influx of employers that said, okay, we furloughed, but now we need to hire again. And there are going to be people that were furloughed. They've got a chip on their shoulder. They don't want to go back to work for that employer. They don't want to go see Karen and Bob again. They, they want to go somewhere else. They want to do their own thing. And so these employers are going to be looking for new talent. They're going to be looking for people to step in and fill roles that were once filled. And so I believe that we're on the cusp of perhaps one of the greatest rehiring events we'll ever experience in the U.S. Uh, so that's the silver lining. Uh, so I would give you encouragement right now that there is probably going to be a, a large um, hiring demand for all types of individuals, all kinds of talent um, pre pretty soon. Uh, so setting you up for success, don't wait for that. Set you up for success is begin the skill sets now to set you up for success. And yes. so one of the things that I wanted to communicate in this conversation is that if you have been furloughed, um, and that you perhaps don't enjoy the job that you were fur furloughed from or laid off is really focus on what it is that you want to do and lean into that. This is an outstanding opportunity where you are able to reevaluate your life. Take, take a minute, stop, listen, learn a new skill set. Um, sure, you might be down right now, but recover, think positive, and look at this as an opportunity to set your career on a new trajectory. And that another opportunity here to, to look at. Um, so what I would say is that uh, when you're creating a resume or you're seeking employment, you have to realize nobody is a generalist. You have to be specific in what you want to do and the skill sets that you offer. So I hear sometimes people say, I just want to get a good job or I just want to make this amount of money. And they don't really know how to communicate what it is that they want to do or what they can do. And my first piece of advice to everybody out there is that if you can't communicate what you want to do and what you can do, you need to refine those two sentences. <laughs> I want to do this and I can do that. That's what you need to focus on first and foremost is you're not a generalist, you're a specialist in whatever that might be. 
you pick the topic. I am a specialist in customer service. I'm a specialist in communication. I'm a specialist in sales. I'm a specialist as a manager. You've, you've got to cut out the generalist. You're not a generalist. You've got to focus on what it is that you bring to the table. How are you going to make an impact to the company? Uh, so taking that a step further is the impact to the company. When you apply to an organization, the only thing that organization cares about is how are you going to impact that organization? And you already need to know that answer. You don't mm. need to ask the company, how am I going to impact you? You need to be able to look at the job, look at the job and say, if I apply to this job, I know I'm impacting this company because fill in the blank. If you're applying to a job and you can't fill in that blank, you're applying to the wrong job. Powerful. That's strong, calm, Blake Mosier. That's strong, calm. You got to fill in the blank. How are you impacting the company? You already need to have that answer. Um, and that, that can be a gut check. If you're applying to the job and you can fill in that blank, you're on the right path. Uh, so Excellent. those are those are two things that I give you right up front that's going to make a world of difference when you're applying to a job, um, sending that's over great. a resume. Uh, so I can give you some other uh, generalized tips on uh, focusing on your resume and how to communicate your resume to employers that will set you up for success. Uh, so let's do it. Okay, so your resume. When creating your resume, um, there are a lot of templates, work off of a template. Uh, the places I recommend for templates, uh, you can go right to Microsoft Word. They have templates built right in. Uh, use one of those templates. Uh, another place that I like, in fact, uh, my wife recently switched organizations. We built her resume off of a template that was in Canva. So canva.com is great for graphic designs, uh, but mm -hmm. they have uh, resume templates to work from. And I believe you can st start a free account, trial account there to, to create your resume. It's a great place to make it stand out from other resumes. And so making your resume stand out from other resumes. So one, remember, you're not a generalist. You're focused on your specific skill set. You want to build your resume off of that skill set. So there are a few things that you should do. One is communicate in a cover letter how you're going to impact the organization. But in this cover letter, don't make it a separate file from your resume. Make it page one of your resume, cover letter, and then your resume. Attach it in the same file, not two different files. And the reason why, I want the HR manager or whoever's hiring to actually read your cover letter. If you send two files over, they're gonna look at your resume and they're gonna either like it or not like it. They're not gonna connect the dots. They're not gonna read your cover letter because they're lazy. <laughs> and, and they're inundated with a number of resumes. So they're trying to be efficient. But what you wanna do is you wanna put your cover letter in front of your resume in the same file. So that's a, a, a quick tip there. Your objective on your resume needs to specifically communicate how you're going to impact that organization. Name the organization in your objective. Uh, that first sentence right at the top, my, my career objective is 
to impact this organization by doing this and by doing that. Um, that's what you want your objective to be. It speaks to the organization and it, it, it speaks first sentence on your resume, how you're going to make an impact to that organization. That's going to stand out. Uh, so I will also kind of trickle into this conversation. Another um, component that will help everybody is that when you apply to a job, sure, they want you to have a strong skill set, but ultimately they hire who they like. So your goal is to get an interview and make these individuals like you. Uh, so one of the things that I recommend doing is making a friend along the way, making this personable, getting to know the people you come in contact with. So if you can make it personable, you're going to connect with humans, they're going to like you, and they're going to want to hire you. Uh, so your goal in this interview process is somewhat be yourself, have fun with it. Don't feel like you're being investigated by the FBI. Don't be nervous about the process. Sure, you're going to get a little bit of, of those nerves, but what you want to do is you want to think, hey, I'm just making friends. I'm going mm -hmm. out talking to people about what it is that I do, how I can help them. And if you have that mindset and get to the, know them a little better, they're going to feel connected to you and you're going to get the, the job offer. So um, one of the things I would say on creating your resume um, is that when you do create a resume to stand out, uh, you, you might want to put a professional picture on your resume. Uh, some HR managers don't like that just because they, they, they really want to keep things somewhat, um, I would say, uh, they don't want to have a biased hiring process. How, however, I would say, don't shy away from who you are. Embrace who you are. So put a picture of you on your resume because it's going to make that personal connection. Otherwise, you're just a, a black and white name on a resume. If you have a picture there, they can already see your smile. They can see a bit of your personality. They feel like they can get to know you. And it also shows you're, you're not hiding from anything. So mm -hmm. I love pictures on resumes. It, it tells me you have the confidence to put yourself out there, which is another big aspect of, of getting hired. Um, tailor your resume to the company, not just with the company's name, but uh, in Canva, it, one of the things you can do is you can pick certain color schemes. Uh, I like matching the color schemes of your resume to the color schemes of the company you're applying to. So oh, a bit of brand subconscious communication there that's that's exactly right subconscious communication they already have um so, somewhat of an affiliation to these color schemes if you can take those color schemes and use them on your resume for you know block titles here or bullet points there then they're going to recognize that it stands out from other resumes, but there is also this component of this is already familiar. And mm -hmm. for you to know those color schemes, you probably went on the website, you have an idea of what they do, and it shows that you care about applying to that organization. So these tips are not meant to be 
you send your resume to 100 different companies, these tips are really meant to be applying to individual jobs. And that's what you want to do. To, you want to apply to individual jobs. You want to make friends. You want to know about the company, how you can impact that company. That's going to have you stand out from everybody else. And that's what it means to, to cut through the noise and get hired. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, and all of your advice really maps to that great point that you had of nobody is a generalist or at least nobody that gets hired as a generalist. They're a specialist and they're especially for that role, especially for that company. And the more things that you can do to position yourself and, 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 and make it real to them prior to signing the hiring document, um, the better off you'll be. So I think those are excellent tips, Blake. Thank you. Great. Some other encouragement that I I would have is if you have been laid off or if you've been fired recently or you've had a job gap recently, let this be um, an encouraging time to get back to work because a lot of people have been laid off. You don't have to come up with some story or excuses as to what happened because you had a, a job gap. You can fill in the blank right now with a real reason and you can go back and hit, hit start fresh somewhere, start fresh somewhere. If you have gaps on your resume, that's another question I get is, what do I do about gaps here or there? Fill it in with how you improved during that time. If you had a six month gap from a place of employment, then communicate on your resume. This six month time frame, I focused on improving communication skills. I volunteered here. I managed this community. I did this. I volunteered and provided help with that. You wanna, you wanna fill in that with activity. You don't want it to be a blank on your resume. Uh, you right. want to take that time frame and be creative with how you made yourself better. At I that guess you point. can't put. I guess you can't put like I, uh, I. I finished the entire season of Tiger King twice as a as an achievement on your resume. That's uh, yeah. That's not the <laughs> achievement. That's not achievement. Yes. Now you skill. might be able to do that if you want to brand your resume with Tiger King. On you could just. You could do it. Tig- tiger flair on your resume. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the other thing I would say here is that uh, when you apply to, to jobs, um, go deep with the organization. Go to the website, look at it at what it is that they do, go to the About Us page, learn about how they communicate their mission statement, look who the leaders of the organization are, go to LinkedIn and search for that organization, see who you can find on LinkedIn that work at that organization, connect with them, send them a message and say that says, I just applied to your organization. I would greatly appreciate any tips or advice you could give me about how I could make an impact in that role. Um, Those are things that you can do that are free, that will make you stand apart and cut through the noise. And you never know. I'll give you an example. Uh, I gave this uh, same advice at the UT career uh, event (laughs) that happened. And and, um, I told students that if you want to go work somewhere, you need to connect with the people that work there, send them a message. Well, one of the, the people in the audience uh, sent a message to my friend Cody Boyd, that's the CEO of UT Health, and said, hey, 
I want to be a healthcare administrator. I would love to work for a company like UT Health. And now she's doing an internship at UT Health because of that message. Uh, so you can get hired. You can get internships. You can get jobs by networking and sending messages to people that already work at the companies that you want to work for. And they're a great resource to give you advice on how to do your job, how, how to communicate your skill set to the hiring managers so that you can make an impact. That's, uh, that's one of the, the best things you can do. So, yeah, I, I would totally echo that. Uh, LinkedIn, if you're not on LinkedIn at this time in our lives and in, in this, you know, if you're unemployed and not on LinkedIn, you really got to think, you know, resume is definitely an important thing to get right. But all that information, that work that you might put in on your resume needs to transfer over to, to LinkedIn because it is the digital equivalent of it. And it is the always ongoing uh, industry conference and way to get introduced to the people that you need to get introduced to, to really make that uh, connection happen. And that, that it's amazing the, the, the amount of, speed and mileage you can have on LinkedIn just from a a couple key connections. Right. Um, Right. And I'll give you another, another example of LinkedIn. I do a lot of networking on LinkedIn. I was connecting with healthcare administrators on LinkedIn for recruitment purposes. I reached out to um, a sales manager for a healthcare company who had recently way before this, he'd been laid off and he said, Hey, it's great that you reached out. I'm looking for a job. Well, I don't do a lot of recruiting for sales professionals in healthcare, uh, but he said, hey, I'm looking for uh, a sales job. And I happened to know one. And I said, hey, you're in Dallas-Fort Worth. I know a CEO that's hiring a sales professional in healthcare in Dallas-Fort Worth. I'll send him a message. I sent the CEO a message and within 30 minutes, they're on the phone talking about the job (laughs) just because of him asking, hey, do you know of anything? And that's how networking works. Um, LinkedIn is also great because if you create your profile and you build out your skill set and you talk about how you make an impact with organizations, how you're a specialist and not a generalist, the good news is people are going to find you. And so yeah. my last piece recruiters of advice. Recruiters like yourself. Will find yeah, you. recruiters like me or people, hiring managers within companies, whether that's HR, internal recruiting departments, or even managers that are looking for good, talented people. My brother is a landscaper and he needs foremen to, to work in landscaping. Well, he goes and searches resumes on Indeed and ZipRecruiter. And so he does keywords for East Texas landscaping and finds people with experience from their resume databases. And so one of the things that I would say, once you create your resume, you want to post this on LinkedIn, you want to go to Indeed, and you want to go to a ZipRecruiter at the very least. And then if you're specialist and you know your field of, of uh, expertise, you want to go to niche job boards in those particular industries. And you want to post your resume in their resume databases because specialists that are hiring individuals with your skill set are going to find you there. Whether it's a recruiter like me or HR, they're looking for people with certain skills. Sets. So if your resume says client services, customer service, uh, then they're going to put those keywords in their searches and they're going to find you when they're looking for good people to hire. Bingo. Awesome, Blake. 
Awesome. Uh, I think this is a, a excellent podcast. If I do say so myself, and it's definitely a reason you, you are definitely the reason for it. Uh, thank you so much for joining me. Um, do you have any parting words of advice, encouragement, or anything else uh, for those that might be listening? Yeah, would I, I really appreciate you having me on, Aaron. It's great always talking with you about making our community stronger. Uh, you, you have a real talent to be able to communicate that, and you're really engaged in the community. I really appreciate you having me on. The one thing I would say is that uh, the understanding of the job application process it takes time. And just like somebody hiring a mentor or going to somebody for advice to navigate the process, uh, it can save you a lot of time. It can save you a lot of heartache and misunderstanding. Uh, I know you're going to start offering some resume services, uh, mm -hmm. advice services, and I would strongly encourage people to reach out to you and seek that. If they feel an inkling of need of help, they need a second set of eyes and somebody that knows how to navigate this as an expert and so i highly recommend people reaching out to you to get the resume in order you know all about branding getting it to look right for the right company how to communicate your skill set and evaluate that that's a skill set that you have and so i recommend people reaching out to you for those purposes well i thank you very much blake i appreciate that um i'll definitely put a link in the in the description for anybody interested um i you know it's amazing that i've been able to help a couple people already um and you know it's you know it's it's so important now and uh it's, it's kind of like a light bulb you know these moments create those opportunities and it's like man you know this, this is a different way to serve and I'm, I'm i'm happy to do it and uh my time spending with you learning so much about um, the applicant process and recruitment has definitely informed a lot of the uh, a lot of the advice that I'll be sharing with other people. So I appreciate that, Blake. Awesome. Thanks for the kind words, Aaron. Have yeah. a great day. Thanks for having me on. Take care. Right on. Bye. Oh, oh, oh.